Welcome to the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I'm Patrick, and with me, as always, my colleague and good friend, Jakub. Hey there. Hello, Patrick. Today's episode is all about what are workshops, why they are vital in a process mining initiative, how COVID impacted our workshops. Joining us today is Daniel Bucher from ProcessEnd. Coming up next. Welcome to the latest episode of Mining Your Business podcast. Uh, today, as a guest, we have another colleague of ours, Daniel Bucher. Uh, Daniel, welcome to our show, man. Hello, guys. Thank you for inviting me to your um, podcast. I'm also an active listener and um, really appreciate it that I can join you today. Uh, we couldn't be happier to have you here. Uh, so, Daniel, uh, we do know you. However, our listeners don't. So, uh, first of all, tell us something about yourself. What do you do? Uh, what's your position in our company? And uh, yeah, tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, so to everyone listening today, uh, my name is Daniel. I'm a lead consultant at ProcessEnd. Um, I joined ProcessEnd almost one year ago now. Um, time flies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I started my professional career uh, in the automotive industry. Um, my background is um, I studied industrial engineering, um, worked for several years uh, as a project manager in the automotive industry. And um, yeah, always uh, felt like um, I I, I want to do something else. Uh, and that's why I joined um, Process End one year ago. Uh, it's actually great because you just said that you had a, a, a consulting experience in another uh, huge and famous company in, uh, in automotive. Uh, so you are the expert about the topic we are going to cover today, which are workshops. Uh, workshops in general are... Uh, even though us, the IT people, don't really like it, they are a vital part of any process mining implementation. And uh, we do host a couple of different workshops. Uh, and then, uh, therefore, I would like to give a word to you. Uh, so first of all, can you tell us what the workshops are for and what is it even a workshop? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we call it workshops. Some people would just call it a, a longer meeting. But um, yeah, the, the thing is, uh, why, why do we do workshops? Um, so um, when we start a project um, and, and we go to the customer and uh, we get to know them and get to know uh, what they want to do, um, therefore, we need some time with them. We need to um, gather all the stakeholders together uh, to get to know them, also to understand their, their business needs, their strategic goals, and therefore, we do the, the workshops. Um, there are several workshops um, we have in our, let's call it uh, standard um, process mining implementation. Um, and if you want, I, I can, of course, give you an, a short overview of the, the content we have in these workshops and who's participating. Uh, Daniel, don't worry, we'll, we'll get to all of that. Um, what, <laughs> okay. I do, what I do want to ask you is, um, why do we go to our customers and urge them to schedule these workshops with us? Like, why is it that these, these workshops are so valuable for us and for them? Okay, so um, imagine you are the customer and um, you, you're, you want to start a process mining project, but you have no idea how it works. 
And um, of course, you're also busy. You have several other projects, uh, your daily business. You have to, you already have a full schedule and uh, it can be um, yeah, difficult to find a time um, to um, get all the people together. And that's the reason why we hold these workshops. Um, we get together all the people and we have all at one table. Unfortunately, during um, these days, uh, we we have the workshops remotely, but uh, usually we go to the customers. Yeah. Um, so what is the benefit of getting everybody together for an extended period amount of time? Mm. So, yeah, what <laughs> what's the benefit? Um, you, you have all people together. You, you can um, talk with them about the, the whole project, uh, not only organizational um, topics, also about um, what needs they have in the process mining implementation. And usually you have several stakeholders to have a successful process mining implementation. So we are not only talking about the people in the business area, we also need, um, for example, a project manager. We also need a person who's uh, experienced with their IT systems. Um, we also need someone who's deciding on um, what topics we are focusing on. So we also need one executive or one sponsor. And um, the good thing about having all people together, um, it, yeah, it's just um, it gets more important. Um, the topic, um, yeah, let's say the difficult to say. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so Daniel, uh, I think you touched a very interesting point here, uh, and that was that the, the process mining in general is a, is a cross-department uh, implementation project. So at the different parts of the project, you will very likely talk to a bit different set of people, de yeah. depending on where you are. Uh, if we are talking about this timeline of the project, Uh, we, in a process mining, we do have a different set of meetings. Uh, I did write them. I, I did write them down for you and, uh, I will just quickly go over them. So mm -hmm. we usually start with a kickoff meeting, right? Mm -hmm. And we have some kind of a scoping workshop, status quo workshop, uh, eventually handover. And then we host a, a bunch of, uh, value creation. Uh, and in the meanwhile, in the, in the duration of the project, we also have weekly meetings and some kind of steering committee meetings. Exactly. And now actually what we want to do is get into, uh, down into in each and every of these workshops. So let's start at the, at the beginning. What do we start with? I said kickoff meeting. Maybe you have some other ideas also what we start with. Yeah, so um, the official um, first workshop we have is the kickoff workshop. Um, sometimes, or almost every time, let's say, um, of course, we have a prior alignment um, with the um, customer already. So where we discuss uh, something about the, the project plan and stuff. Um, but um, the official first meeting with all stakeholders is the kickoff meeting. And um, there we um, yeah, introduce ourselves because uh, most of the people don't uh, know us already um, from process end as a technical implementation partner um, for their process mining journey. And um, yeah, we also show them the upcoming journey um, with, with us and uh, with process mining. So that was the topic two we're covering there. Do you get the sense that during these kickoff meetings, you're kind of introducing not just the project, but also process mining as kind of an idea to the customer? Because a lot of the times uh, we see that the, the customers don't really 
quite know what process mining is, or at least the people that we implement with don't really know what process mining is. So you feel like you're also kind of an ambassador for process mining itself? Definitely, uh, definitely. We uh, have to encourage them to, or first of all, they have to get to know process mining in those kickoff uh, workshops because uh, usually there was one person who decided to implement process mining or to use it in their company. And um, the business uh, people, they don't really know about process mining most of the time uh, since it's still a really new technology on the market. Um, but also it's let's say yeah we also cover something like that we give them a demo um that they know what process mining is about because um of course um all the participants um they maybe heard of process mining but for them it's the the first time that they really go into the technology and experience how it can look how we visualize their processes yeah so the first workshop, in other words, is really an introductory into process mining and into also us as their implementation partner. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So, um, of course, we also discuss timeline um, or, or already potential problems that could come up in the, in the project. And um, yeah, sometimes we also combine it with, uh, let's say, the second workshop, the scoping workshop. Um, depends on um, what stage of the project we are already. Because um, one thing you didn't mention on your list is that we also have to cover the whole um, IT setup. Um, and depending how the customer um, wants it, so we align with him before there, um, we also cover the IT infrastructure topics. Uh, sometimes we have it in a separate meeting just with the IT people. That's a very good point, actually. So, yeah, at the kickoff, what we do, we really separate it into a kickoff maybe with business or with all the users. And then we start leading these two branches, one with the business people and one with the IT guys. As uh, as you said, we are supporting them in the technical implementation as well. And there we usually discuss uh, a whole variety of different topics than we usually do in the business part. And right. So you um, you mentioned already a scoping workshop. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit more? What what do we scope? Yeah. So uh, yeah, what do we scope? Some people would also call it requirements workshop. Um, so it's definitely all about the requirements, uh, all the um, analysis uh, our customers want to have um, with process mining, all the the use cases they they want to analyze. Um, so um, depending if we're having it together with the kickoff. Um, let's say it's also, um, again, talking about the, the finalized project plan. Um, we give them some insights into our um, past challenges with, uh, with other customers in um, implementations. And then, then we do deep dive there in the process mining technology. So let's say you are a customer um, and you want to implement the purchase to pay process, then we would give you, for example, um, a live demo of the um, P2P data. Um, depending if sometimes we can already um, have a look also on um, some of their data, if we already extracted some data from their source system, but most of the time it's uh, with uh, demo data. Yeah. Uh, so who are the participants of the scoping workshop? Um, um, the participants of the scoping workshops are usually, um, so let's say we have 
um, me as a consultant from our side and uh, also um, one um, uh, data scientist as a technical sparing partner um, from our side. And from the customer side, you would usually have the, um, the project manager um, whom we are talking to um, most of the time during the implementation. And then definitely you need the process owner um, someone who's deciding um, on um, what are the bottlenecks they're having right now and what they want to focus on, which use case is interesting. So we also ask them if they can tell us about their current pain points um, to get to know their yeah their need for the use case, and then we can also show them something there. Um, and then definitely the, the key business users, um, they have most experiences. They are the process experts um, and can tell us um, a lot about their daily work so that we understand their process. Uh, how do you go about... So you have this scoping workshop. You have a lot of, uh, lot of people involved who have a certain idea about what to do and what they want to measure, what they want to focus on. How do you go about managing the expectations? So you obviously have to listen, but you also have to, on the other side, handle the requests that are coming your your way. That's true. Um, so um, that's why we're doing the scoping. Of course, uh, sometimes there are many more things customers want to do, and um, we have to um, yeah explain to them why it's best to start with a um a, sh- a short set of use cases to not uh, implement uh, 10 use cases uh, at once because um we we face some challenges there yeah um so daniel just a quick note you keep talking about use cases use cases what are yeah. what is a use case yeah so um a use case would be for example um let's say um so our standard use cases we're talking about are for the process analysis, usually that we're um, looking into the throughput time of a process. So um, that's really a typical use case we implement almost every time. Or um, also um, typical use case is um, when we're looking into the automation analysis. Um, um, we, we measure the automation rate um, of a customer's process. And then there are more specific use cases. and and those are sometimes a little bit challenging because we have to understand in the workshop if um, we can implement it or if we have the necessary data um, in the source system. And those, do you want me to give you one example? Right, yeah, so go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, so um, I, for example, yesterday we had a, a customer um, where we uh, did the scoping workshop um, and this customer um, wants to implement um, his uh, meter to cash process. And then we were talking about um, different use cases. And actually it happens quite often that they um, have a slight understanding of what they want to have, but never thought really about what is the focus um, on, on process mining. So we gave them some insights in the process and then um, we defined um, um, two use cases. Um, for example, uh, one of them was that we're looking into the payment behavior um, of their of their customers again, so that we can identify it, um, if they have a late invoicing um, or um, if the customer from their side is paying uh, late. So we call it late payments. Uh, this use case, and that's some use case we have to define. And one challenge here is, for example, 
as a consultant, you always have to, um, yeah, you have to be a good communicator. You have to understand in the workshop what they want. Um, yeah, read between the lines and also... That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. And, and you always have to listen, of course, because sometimes, yeah, you just have to ask a lot of questions to get to know which KPI they want to have and, and which use case. So I actually... Uh, sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, I have uh, two questions, actually, follow-up question on what you are saying. So the first one is, how do you go about prioritizing uh, the use cases. So let's say you have a very uh, a very uh, ambitious customer who wants to do 10 use cases, but as you said, it's not a good idea to start with too many. Uh, how do you tell them which are the ones that you're going to do first and which you put on hold for now? Um, so usually we talk about it, um, about how many use cases we want to implement, um, already before the workshop, um, with the, with the sponsor, with the project manager. So uh, let's say for a standard implementation, it would be three, um, use cases. And, um, of course we, we always, um, want to, or if there are more ideas already, we still try to collect all this, uh, um, focus analysis they want to have. Um, and then we can uh, go to a prioritization. So usually um, once we have all use cases um, defined, um, then we um, yeah talk about which one should be prioritized, which one is of most need. And we can also give them some insights in which uh, use case, for example, is easier to implement, where we definitely have data in place, um, uh, at which use case um, we have to look into um, if we can uh, realize it. So um, sometimes um, if it's something very specific, um, we're not talking about a standard process, then we also have to look into the data first to be able to say, okay, that's uh, manageable or um, we need more time there or there's just data missing and we can't, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember I saw in your uh, PowerPoint slides once this, this metrics of, of uh, implementation or of the use cases do you remember that? Could you tell us something more about these metrics? Um, if I get it right, I think you're talking about the impact effort metrics. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you could also use that for the use cases. Um, we usually do it for another workshop where we're talking about um, um, the, yeah, where we looked into, or it's at a later stage of the process mining implementation, where we look into how much value we can realize with a use case or with an action. Um, and there we give them an, an overview, let's say, if we calculated a business case and we know how much effort is behind it, then we can put it into this matrix and say, okay, um, there's, there's um, one action for the use case um, where we can really... Yeah, start right away, and that's uh, we call it a quick win. And and sometimes we see okay, there are possibilities to improve your process, but it's maybe more kind of change management thing, uh, an organizational topic. And then you would put it rather into uh, into uh, the other part, and because it's m more effort involved, mm -hmm. and then you'd say sometimes it's a long term project. Yeah. And then I actually had a second question. Uh, I've, uh, you have a use case that you are not really familiar with, uh, which happens all the time, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. You don't really have time to cover it in the workshop. Uh, 
what do you do then? Let's say you have something you hear for the first time or you're not really comfortable doing straight ahead after the scoping workshop. What is the process then? Okay, so um, we we try to avoid that by having uh, one data scientist also in the workshop who has a pretty good understanding of the, let's say, uh, if SAP is our source system of the tables. And um, yeah, we try to avoid it this way um, that we already have a really good understanding if the use case is manageable. But um, for the question you ask, I would say the best thing is just to collect as many information as possible to ask many questions about the use case. Where, where are the pay points? What is their goal? What KPIs they want to have displayed? And then take it um, and yeah, have a look at it um, when the data is available. Um, once you kind of understand what they want out of the use case, is there ever a point where you just say, we can't do it? What happens then? Um, so, yeah, there, of course, there are uh, points where we, where we say we can't do it. But um, usually in the scoping workshop, um, so imagining we're in the scoping workshop, we, yeah, depending on what topic we can not, you know, we cannot say if it's um, doable or not, um, then we would look into it. If we know right away, okay, um, the data is missing in your data set. For example, uh, if we're talking about uh, purchase to pay implementation and the customer only wants counts payable use cases, and um, it's just not manageable to map those tables, um, then uh, we have to tell them, okay, you definitely need another data model or another process. Um, otherwise, it, it will be uh, challenging and we cannot do it. Um, a good example here is, for example, if you're talking about um, the purchase to pay process and you want to map some production tables and you just don't have the tables available for um, some material um, in your warehouse um, where we don't have the connection um, for the the order. Okay. So if I sum up the scoping workshop, it's a, it's a vital part of all this implementation because it, first of all, you find out what the customer actually wants. Uh, you can manage the expectations. And you define uh, what will be a part of the process, what won't be part of the process. You get to meet the team and you basically set on the way and then you start with the actual work, which is the implementation. Uh, what happens then? What is the next workshop after this scoping? Um, so the next workshop after the scoping um, is the status quo workshop. So um, once we have all the information um, from the customer, we usually start implementing, um, setting up um, the extractions, transformations, working on the analysis and different use cases. And um, let's say um, six weeks later, we come together and we um, have, again, all the people together, same people from the scoping workshop, um, sometimes even more people because... Um, yeah, the customer also uh, or already wants to show it to the to more business people who could be involved in process mining uh, later on. And then we go to the status quo workshop. And uh, what we do there, um, it's really all about, um, yeah, establish Celonis or, or process mining ownership uh, to understand um, what you can do with the analysis and who's um, who's working on the kind of ongoing. Uh, validation afterwards. So uh, in this status quo workshop, we you could also call it a demo workshop, live demo, because we show them all their analysis, all their data, 
um, not with a focus on going into the data and showing them um, inefficiencies or executions gap, uh, execution gaps, uh, as we call it uh, also. Um, we, we really want them to understand how they can use the, the process mining analysis. Okay, so you have um, your fancy new analysis that we've that we've built, and we're showing it to the customer. Uh, at what point does the customer also start just using this analysis, or how to use these analysis? I mean, because it's a it's a it's a big ask of the customer just to give them the analysis and say, "Hey, you know, do your thing now." Um, how do how do we mitigate that? That's a really good question, but that because that's also a, a really. Mm, tricky situation. So when once we show them the, the analysis and let's say we have a 90% version, we need to get their feedback. So um, after the status quo, they need to get involved in the, uh, yeah, in the use cases, in the analysis and work with them to get a better understanding if it's already good for the daily usage or if we need to do some adjustments. And that's where it really starts. I would say that's where the adoption really starts. So if they don't do it, we don't get feedback. And um, if we don't put their feedback into the analysis, they are not satisfied with the analysis. And um, let's face it, it's it's always there will be always some changes because you can't cover 100% of the requirements in the beginning or sometimes there's a slight misunderstanding. Um, how do you entice the, the clients to use the analysis? How do, how do you make them? Mm-hmm. So um, we, just, we try to start with it um, from the beginning. So um, even in the kickoff workshop, when we show them the, yeah, the, the demo or some um, process mining basics, um, we try to encourage them to start with the online trainings that are available for the implemented process mining technology. Um, and yeah, the earlier the start, the better, because when they go to the status quo, they should already have a basic understanding of the components, and that is usually covered with the um, trainings. Um, one of the things that I like that you do in the in these workshops is that you quiz the clients. You will write little quizzes um, that they have to go and figure out with Salonis just to make sure. Um, oh, so why do you do that? <laughs> because. Um, I mean, we, we know it all. Um, if, you, if you're just listening, then it's something else uh, than uh, when you really have to act on something and you have to think about it. So even if customers say, okay, we did the trainings, uh, we know process mining, we can jump over this, we don't have enough time, I um, still cover it um, because I think it's uh, one essential part because once you really have to think about what you can do with the analysis and um, to set some filters and some dimensions and uh, yeah, have to understand what you are, uh, what, what is visualized now, um, then, then you learn it. Um, and that's the reason why we cover it um, from time to time in, in different kind of workshops. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Daniel, uh, next up, we usually do this kind of feedback loop where we are sitting with the users, uh, looking whether everything fits right, whether the numbers are correct, whether we are missing something. And it's basically a validation process. At the end of the validation process, which can take from a couple of days to a couple of weeks, uh, we have a process in place with a couple of use cases implemented. And we could very well just jump off the project because our job is done. 
We don't do that though. Uh, we have another step, which I think is the most uh, interesting for the customer and that's the value creation. Could you tell us a bit more about what kind of workshops are coming together uh, hand in hand with the value creation workshop? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so you're mentioning one really interesting part about my job. I'm uh, not only responsible for um, um, yeah, ensuring the, a successful process mining implementation, I'm also responsible for um, the customer that they're adopting and using the technology and that they understand the technology and already work on um, business improvements. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about the value creation workshops and we usually have them in our standard implementation um, after the status quo. Um, so uh, let's say um, we showed the, um, the customer our um, current status of the, the use cases and we already uh, had a feedback loop and we implemented their change requests. And then we come together again. Um, usually I like to keep the momentum and don't have it too far away from, from the latest workshop because then they're still familiar with the analysis and they, they um, know the use cases and you don't want to lose that momentum. And then we go into this value creation workshop and show them again how they can create value out of their analysis now. So um, first of all, we show them again how to deep dive in Celonis, how to work with their use cases. And we prepare in advance with that because um, we can show them the, let's say, the, the bottlenecks in, in, the, in the processes. Um, depending on what kind of process it is, of course, sometimes they are, are the, the experts on, on it. Um, for example, if we're in an insurance company, um, then um, we are more, uh, let's say, um, a moderator or a host of the workshop, and we try to bring them to the right points in their process. Yeah. Um, how do you define value in these value creation workshops? Mm -hmm. uh, good question. So uh, we define value by um, by generating um, a business case. So uh, let's say you you're looking into your data and you see there's a process step and that that's causing manual effort. And behind every um, behind every of this process. Um, step or activity, um, you can say there are five minutes of manual effort. And we see that there are a lot of cases flowing in the process through this step. Um, let's say, for example, 20,000 at a customer, and then we can calculate a business case with them. And of course, so first of all, we would calculate this manual effort um, um, that is yeah, cost. And then we would think of, um, for example, um, another another um, or improvement actions that we that we can do so can we eliminate this task for the changes and think about how much effort we have done with it for example in automation okay so you have your um your improvements quote unquote that the the customer wants you have your value that these things generate and now we get to your fancy little matrix that you have um what can you mm -hmm. tell us about the the actionable parts of this uh, value creation workshop yeah so um Towards the end of a value creation workshop, you usually identified some improvements and you already have a really good understanding of what actions um, can, can be done or can be considered as a next step in the process mining op optimization phase. So that's really when the work starts and there the, the impact effort metrics um, comes into place. 
So depending on how many use cases we have, you always have to think about um, which, with which use case or with which action should we start. And there we try to prioritize by looking into, um, okay, we should start uh, probably with the, with the most easiest ones um, where we create a lot of, a lot of value. Um, so we're talking here about this, um, yeah, quick wins. Um, and usually we start with those. And then of course, it's all about, um, the customer because, um, we can identify it with them, but then they have to learn to walk themselves. And that's also something for the further processes they want to implement. Um, of course we can show them, um, what actions need to be done or, um, work it out together with them, but then they need to take the action inside their company. And that's really all about it. Um, if they do nothing, then this value uh, never gets generated. Yeah, so the overall goal is to go from early adopters, from one person that voted for or upvoted a process mining tool in their company to to a mass adoption, to have a multiple users who are actually actively uh, using uh, the process mining tool and trying to uh, engage and explore some value out of it. That's really the goal. And in ideal scenario, we come, come into that after the initial implementation and we can build on that. However, uh, we are still talking about workshops and I would like to now shift our focus to a bit more general uh, general thinking. And uh, Daniel, if we are going into the workshops, uh, especially now there is uh, during during uh, COVID uh, pandemic, uh, we had to shift from on-site workshops to more of a, a <laughs> online workshops. Uh, what pros and cons come into that? And uh, how do you even... Yeah, let's start with, uh, with the pros and cons. How do you uh, wait in on having on-site versus the online workshop? Okay, that's um, a tough question because there are probably a lot of pros and cons, uh, but I will just tell you what comes into my mind right now. So um, of the pros, of course, of an on-site workshops are that you get to know the people. Uh, usually you're not uh, just talking about business. Uh, for example, you're also, you, you see the, the mimic and the gestures of the people. Um, you know, if someone has the questions and you see it right away, uh, you can work in small groups. Um, so, um, and of course we try to have this uh, remote workshops right now uh, as yeah, similar as possible as the onsite workshop, but it's uh, never the same way. And I mean, everyone knows it, probably all of our listeners, um, are a lot of people are working from home and you have to just, yeah, make the best out of it. Um, luckily, there are also some uh, pros of the, the remote workshops. Of course, we have a lot of time in between. We're not traveling that much. Um, so that's a good thing from what I personally think that we have a lot of time there to focus on other topics and um, save the time here. Um, Plus, we can sit in the sweatpants. <laughs> I was just about to say when when I hear that I'm part of a two hour workshop, I'm like, great! I get to just put myself on mute, do some work, and passively listen. But you, Daniel, as an active kind of presenter and kind of lead in these workshops, how do you see the benefit of these remote meetings? Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, there we come to the cons. <laughs> That's really difficult sometimes. Um, but I think there are ways um, to 
yeah get around it or like to Im improve this kind of situation so as you uh, mentioned you could just uh, lean back and then wait um, mute your microphone and um, let the others talk but we try to engage the people so usually we have like some principles that we show in the beginning of a longer workshop so that um, all microphones should be muted by default so um, that no one is uh, disturbing the session but um, you should still participate and uh, support uh, all your colleagues. Um, then, of course, uh, turn on the camera because it's a lot easier if you see the people and uh, yeah, you're, you're more focused by um, yourself. I mean, you can probably also tell uh, from yourself that it's easier to follow a discussion um, when your camera is turned on. How do you um, entice engagement in your audience? Because I know from a lot of workshops, it seems like one person is talking And everybody else is just there, muted, doing nothing. Yeah, and that's really one of the, the cons um, for the remote workshops because um, um, usually you have one executive in a meeting and he's probably talking about the strategic goals. And um, if he's not talking or only if he's asking someone else because he doesn't know the answer, then the business people start talking and otherwise they're muted. Um, there are people to go around this engagement. So there are luckily um, now some tools that you can use. Um, for example, you can also do some breakout sessions where you have people to work on something uh, in another uh, room uh, online. Um, those are uh, yeah, steps you could do to... yeah go around this this problem of that no one is talking or just uh, one person is talking. And also, of course, there's a, another topic. You could um, just ask the people directly. And that's something I do. If I don't hear anything, I sometimes just ask the, the person from the business area if they could tell us a little and ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned tools. Could you maybe name uh, some of them and uh, explain us what is really uh, the 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 perk of using this tool because maybe some of the listeners are really looking for some inspiration on how to enhance their own workshops so please give us some advice okay sure um so um recently i'm using a lot of um um collaboration tools um and one i really like is uh, miro uh, miro is a online whiteboard where uh, hundreds of people can work together on a topic And you can set up this uh, whiteboard with, uh, yeah, for different purposes. So you could also use it internally in meetings. Um, for example, if you are doing a, a retro on a project, um, everyone can can join this whiteboard and uh, work on it. Uh, but you can also use it to gather feedback from customers. We use it in all of our workshops now, and it's really helpful. And people like it because they. Um, the more they have to do themselves, the more attention and focus you have. And they think really think about it. Um, and another cool tool um, for um, polling and for questions is uh, Mentimeter. Um, we also use it sometimes if we want to gather feedback or want to have their opinion on something. Um, those are really the two tools that come into my mind that I really like. All right, Daniel, uh, before we let you go into what is very likely a workshop, because I saw your calendar and it seems that you are just going from one to another. So <laughs> you will have time to refresh what you just said here uh, to our listeners. 
Daniel, we always like to ask some personal experience of our of our uh, guests here. Uh, can you tell us some uh, good uh, and bad story that that happened during uh, one of your workshops? So something maybe funny, something that didn't go very well, and so on. Um, sure. Um, let me think about it one second. Um, so uh, what went really well is um, that we had one customer, um, one project, um, really fast project. They decided to that they want to implement a purchase-to-pay processor and a large German customer. And um, I think we implemented it in four to five weeks. Uh, so that was really fast. And we also set up different kind of use cases. And I remember this from last year because they were really engaged. All the people from their side, they they really wanted to work on it. And, and we saw that and we also created, created tremendous amount of value within a short time. Um, so I think one, one month after the implementation, we already had really uh, nice decisions on how to proceed with the process and what needs to be changed. That's something I really remember uh, positively. Um, something um, bad or a mistake that I remember um, is... I think it's really important for a process mining implementation in general to have the scoping workshop. Uh, as you mentioned before, it's really one essential part. If we don't scope it right, then there there can be a mess. Then we have too much um, stuff. And um, I would say um, always focus on the small things first. So decide on two use cases maybe that you want to look into or just even the process analysis itself and then go further. Because once you have this insights and then it's a lot easier for the business people to um, adopt with the software, um, then you, yeah, then it's uh, more smooth to to go to the next uh, use cases. So simply don't get overwhelmed from the very beginning because once you start that, uh, it's very, very difficult to get back on track, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Daniel, I was very happy to talk to you here today. Uh, we will probably invite you sometime in the future again, as you are the lead consultant from Process End. For the rest of the listeners, we are very grateful for your time and for making time for our next episode. Uh, as usual, you can uh, just write us on an email on miningyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, we will be looking forward to, to you in two weeks' time with another episode of Mining Your Business podcast. Thank you very much, Daniel, Patrick, and uh, thank you to thank you as well. It was great to chat with you. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.